Angeles. What's up, everyone? Spencer and Tim here again. F1 Bro Science. Tonight we have on Kevin Pash. We're going to get a little uh, marketing insight and whatever else we run across. What's happening, buddy? What's going on? Oh, I'm a real expert at this. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm putting on my uh, my thinking cap and telling you guys all the secrets, uh, which are not secrets at all. But hey, man, it's good. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is this is really cool. I love the F1BS uh, podcast. I love it a lot. And uh, I'm going to ask you extend it instead of from Chicago to Los Angeles. I'm in Maumee, Ohio, so it's four hours further east. So can we go from Toledo to to, to Los Angeles? Is that cool now? We can go from Montreal to Los Angeles. It don't matter. <laughs> Good deal. Well, yeah, thanks we'll for having me on. Suggestion thanks. box. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll submit that uh, tomorrow when I when I get done. So, yeah, there's an email. It should be scrolling. So, so Spencer, <laughs> I gotta ask you, man. It's 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 28 degrees here in Maumee tonight. You know, I'm sure it's a dry heat in California, but you guys are probably suffering too, eh? 28. Is that like Celsius or something? I mean, is that? Is that like 60, no, that's, 60 or 70 no. here? No, it's 28. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, we're. I think we're around 90 right now. I had to turn the AC on back here because I was cooking. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I have a space here next to me right now because I can't stay warm enough in my basement. So, Well, that's uh, horrible news about the weather. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, you guys are uh, both in that. Any plans for 2020, Kev? If we get 2020, I should say. I mean, I tell you what, every day they get uh, further and further extended out. I mean, we were, we're looking at Bay City still, fingers crossed, but I saw Marietta cancel today, unfortunately, which is one of my favorite sites to go to. Um, Bay City the same weekend, so hopefully they can hang on. I've, I've got a bit of River Roar swag behind me being a kid from Bay City. You, you kind of come up with that. I've missed one River Roar my entire life. Uh, in the history of the race, so that's always been my home race. So hopefully they pull through. But the optimist in me wishes well, but the the, the realist in me says, man, I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But I, I I hope so, man. I'm I'd love to get back out with you guys and, and hang out in the pits. And the racing's fun, but this is this is what I love. What you guys do in your podcast is is this is the this is the after the race. Let's let's talk talk about what happened today. Tell some jokes and have some fun and and uh, maybe maybe drink drink a beer or two. So. Or whatever you, is in your cup. So, uh, salute to you guys tonight. It's a nice looking cup you, you got there. Yeah, I know we we miss hanging out with everybody and seeing everybody. And I don't know. It's a, it's definitely a, a trying time right now. There's a lot of people out there that you know. I, I don't know. I was thinking about it. What what's the best thing we could do to be able to survive and make some money during all this or after this or you know how how to get through it. And, I don't know, I think the answer is divorce attorney, to be honest, because I think there's a lot of people that are going to divorce after this. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but it's uh, you'll definitely test your relationship, I think, by the end of this whole thing. So if you make it through this with somebody, I think well, that's definitely a good thing. So Yeah, I got, I've got a good here, man. We had my, my wife has been a saint upstairs. I can come down and work in the basement with and get stuff done. She's got the kids up there, and we had a fifth-year-old birthday yesterday. We had our first birthday parade ever whole you know social distancing parade thing and my mom came down from bay city she's been really good during this whole thing so it's good to have her here for mother's day weekend and i think they're up there drinking margaritas right now hanging out so uh i get to come on here and hang out with you guys have a don q and, and pepsi nice. nothing wrong with that extending on uh cinco de mayo huh? margaritas still going 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So apparently it's Teacher Appreciation Weekend, and uh, that means you drop booze off at your favorite teacher's house. So we've got uh, we've had some good gifts this week come by our doorstep. Man, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, well, like I said, with us being on a holding pattern, not knowing what's going on, and people having new boats and all that stuff. Um, I mean, let's face it, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing this year, right? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, uh, I've been with Mandana's out of Miami for the past, this is like my ninth season with those guys running full-time every every nook and cranny of this country. And, yeah, Jose Sr. right now is working on a, a brand-new, we're calling them the Grand Pews, uh, kind of a hybrid between Grand Prix and, and the Pew Boat. But um, popped out, decks are on it, everything's all set, but the cowling, it looks, it looks like a pew. It is what it is, and, and um, he copied some of the some of the specs off of uh, a boat we sold uh, last year, two years ago, um, that ran really well for us. And uh, they've got a brand new one built. We're kind of on hold with the with the F1 Sport um, package because we don't know what's going to happen. We're looking at motors this year and, and trying to get back into that. But you know, at this point in time, it's kind of like you know. What more can we do uh, to keep going? So yeah, I, I know Crafty's got a got a new boat, new to him boat. Spencer's got a got a couple new boats. That's good for you, man. Um, yeah, man, we just want to get them wet and, and and have some fun. So hopefully, hopefully something cracks here. So the Grand the Grand Pew that's a forty five then. Yes, sir. Yep, oh, yep. So forty five. Yep, so uh, I know the waiting list is long already uh, because, you know, Gary, as great of a boat builder as he was, was trying to step out of it for a long time. And, and uh, you know, when, when, when they got the molds and started putting up boats right away, it was, you know, the first thing I think was Schmierbach got new, uh, got new uh, river mirrors, you know, or, or side mirrors. Um, you know, so that was like the first, first thing they popped out of the molds. And, um, you know, I know seniors been working hard uh, at it. And uh, the boat looks great. It, it, it looks like a pew. It, it's, 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 it's beautiful. So, yeah, so the 45 season, just like you guys in F1, you know, we're, we want to get back at it too and, and get out there and get some competition. And um, So hopefully something breaks. We, I, if we get one race, and I think it's going to be the biggest boat race you've ever seen because everybody's going to bring all their stuff out, waiting all year long, and, and it's going on and hitting it. I don't care if you're semi-racing semi or half-racing or retired. I, I bet if we get a race going, it's going to be – it's going to be a really good time, and I can guarantee the pits will be full of people and uh, and uh, just looking forward to getting out there with everybody again and, and more importantly, the, the after party and having a good time with you guys. I can guarantee at least six wrecked boats probably by the end of the weekend too, between 45 and F1. I'd bet six wrecked boat by the second restart. Yeah. No, <laughs> Did you see that picture that Dustin put on with the first turn of the rescue boat <laughs> Toledo last year? That meme he made, that's what the rescue boat's going to look like. Oh, yeah. Crossing the, everybody, the whole crew crossing the cross, yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know, but Dustin did really good. He had he had a cool thing behind him. I thought that was really cool with you know, Spencer's face here and the video. I've got a river poster from, well, it's like 1991 and 93, so we're going, we're going, the new stuff's on the other side of the computer, but, uh, yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing fancy like that. We you know, can't so compare, next level. We can't compare to Dustin. He's got some big shoes to fill there. He's uh, he's into that stuff. He he's got some kind of recording stuff for music. They they got a band. They play in his garage and stuff. So he's he's been doing this stuff and playing with all this technology stuff for a while. We're just we're new to it. So 
Yeah, <laughs> Amateur hour is good. That's good. So that's what makes it fun. That way everybody can relate. Because hey, you know how it goes. You got to start something new. It's like the first time you got in a race boat. You know what the hell you were doing. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Figure it out, man. And you guys done good, man. I watched. I've listened to the first ones and watched a couple. So they've been entertaining. That's for sure. So I'm happy you guys. Uh, Thought to bring the big fella on tonight and, and talk about uh, whatever we're going to talk about. I do. I will warn you guys, we're going to talk about what you guys want to talk about, but I, I have some speed round questions here I'm going to ask both you guys. And you don't know the answers because you haven't heard the questions yet. So it's going to be quick, and we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to talk to both of you at, at each at a time. So one guy will have an advantage, one a disadvantage, and uh, you'll figure out uh, what we're talking about real quick. But... Uh, some 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 good questions. I think that the people want to know from you two YouTube buffoons. <laughs> God, I can't wait for this one. This should be good. Um, well, let's see what else we got here. Um, what what do you do to try to find sponsorship to help people out? You know, I know when you helped me tremendously, a few races in Ohio and Bay City. And I mean, it seemed like it was second nature to you. Like I was lost. You did your thing, and it was like, oh wow, it's you got a guy that knows what they're doing. It definitely helps. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's that's a really vague question. It's a whole lot to do, but I think it. You know, when I when I look at even approaching somebody, be it what, whoever this this business is, there's things we do in the back end. Like we created last year, we called it the craft folio, and it was pictures of the boat, and we're selling what this is, right? Like. To somebody, especially Toledo last year, was tough because they've ne- they haven't seen F one boats since like two thousand four, right? It was it's been over, it's been over a decade since they've been in here. So to sell it was tough, but you know, at the end of it, I always think back of like, look at the race site, where's that at, and what's around it, and that's that's kind of my first target because this, this business is going to impact the most from that. So whether it's the docks at Bay City or the docks at Toledo, these restaurants, we hit all those guys up first. And uh, for Toledo, it was tough because we didn't we didn't know a lot of people that were race fans. Um, but I think you, you phase back out and you look look at a, at a bigger picture and say, who's at these races, you know, and where are we going, right? So every night after a race, we go to a restaurant or a bar and we get, you've been working all day, you want to get a burger and fries and, and some cocktails, right? So think about that. And when you roll with your crew shirt, where are we going and who, who are we talking to and, and what are we doing to impact their business that weekend? You know, you got a team in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you've got a bunch of dudes from, from, uh, you know, Kankakee, Illinois or Chicago or from Los Angeles showing up in their crew shirts. These, this is unexpected business for these guys. And I think you think, you think about who all impacts the race and what's, what's at the race um, really kind of dictates where you're going all the way down to, I think back to the boat parades of LaPorte, Indiana, right? We go out there and people are walking around and you're talking to people the whole night long. What are you talking about? Are you talking about, you talk about how great the boat is, but ask them a question. Hey, what do you do? Where do you, you work around here? Do you work at a restaurant? Because a lot of times you find that people, these races, and some of my bigger sponsors I picked up over the years were just race fans that came in and they're like, how do we get our name on a boat, right? Like, well, how, how can we be on there? And so that's where I always kind of target my initial hits is to, you know, People that want to have their name on a boat, people that love what, we're, what they're watching, and how can they be involved? And that's that's for me is always step one. What? Well, oh, pretty cool. Um, yeah, these are pretty unique. People have never seen them. Then after they do see them, the first they're like, "What the hell is that thing?" And then they see it, like, "Wow, <laughs> you're yeah. right." They're like, they want to be 
part of it or someone involved in it or something. Yeah, I mean, the other day I heard a story about a guy that bumped into somebody at a gym and it was one of his old sponsors and he uh, talked to him for a little while and wasn't planning on racing and then got back into racing and got some more equipment out of the whole deal. And, I mean, just sometimes it's just about being in the right place at the right time, but most of us aren't that lucky. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and 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 to to give away my secret, I'm I work for sales. I'm I'm a vice president of business development for a, for a large education company, so I I do sales. So sales is my thing, and I, you know, that that's that's where I go. I, but I think it comes down to it is just knowing what value you have and and what you can bring to that that entity, whether it's a bar or a business or a school or a sprinkler company or a plumbing company or you name it. You know, whoever that is, it's, it's how can you create value? And I think following each step through, step one is identifying who you're going to talk to. Step two is going to put a good product on the race, make them feel welcome in the pits. And then step three is honestly more than performance, it's the follow-up. And I think, um, you know, Tim, to your credit, you know, you've got a great um, – is she a team manager? What, what, what's Michelle's title over there? The boss. The boss. <laughs> Editor. <laughs> Editor, 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 boss. So, uh, the person that does all the stuff that I don't, that I don't even think about, and she takes care of it, kind of makes me look a lot better. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's the boss of the applesauce at the end of the day, where Michelle goes out and she she sends out, you know, the pictures of the boat to the people, and it's it's a thank you. So it's, you know, it's I want to buy this. I'm happy I bought this when the race is going on, and then after, man, I'm really glad I did that because now I have this memory to put up on my wall uh, of what we did so you know there's so many angles we can go into this and and i don't know how much you want me to talk or how little you want me to talk about it all but um but it it, it, something that excites me you know i I love i'll I'll put it out there i'm six foot six i'm 270 pounds i am not a race boat driver okay you want to put the weight where you want to in your boats i know that because i've been working on them for a decade now right um and the weight where you want it is not where I'm sitting. That's that's not where it needs to be. So so I knew right away that I was not cut out to be a driver of this. So how do I get involved? I'm a kid from Bay City. I sat in the back of the, uh, the boat forever and watched him go by. And it is, it's, it's getting involved in the crew. And, and I know that when we have a budget that we can spend more money on an extra gear case or or stay in a nicer hotel on the weekends, right? Um <laughs> maybe have a couple more beers on the team or, or go out for a dinner. You know, these are all things that, that come into play. Um, and, uh, and, it, and that comes from sponsorship and that's, it's, it's, it's very integral in a sport to have, um, have those sponsors that, that help pay those bills. And I'm thankful for every one of them. I, I think back to the, the longest running one I've ever had, and that's the Nuthouse Yacht Club in Bay City, Michigan. They've been on boats for a decade now, starting with Sean Torrente, all the way to the Mandanas, Bud Nolman's ran ran Nuthouse. Um, you know, you name it. We've had you know all these boats with Nuthouse on them, and they've been a great sponsor. What it comes down to, though, is is what we do with them is that they're more friends than sponsors. Like when we come to Bay City, they throw us a big party. We bring the boats over. We 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 get them involved. They're they're on the shirts every every season, you know, and and, and they're and they're a, a popular sponsor within our sport. Um, but we take care of them and make sure that they're 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 not uh, left out in the cold. Well, first time uh, I met Tim, you, first time I met you, I thought the nut house was just somewhere where you came out of. You know, I didn't realize. Oh. And then a year or two into it, that I realized it was out of Bay City, and I thought that was a really neat thing. But 
I didn't come out of it. They, they didn't let me out. I just I left on my own, which is a whole other thing. And, and Tim, you can talk about that. You know, in Toledo last year, you did a great job with sponsors uh, doing the tour. I mean, t- tell us about that. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. It was a you hooked me up with a lot of local business in Toledo. We went to the electric company. We went to the brewery. Nice. Uh, the <laughs> your work, Andros. It was a it was a tour, like you said. It was. All afternoon, but it was fun. You got to meet all kinds of people, sign some autographs. People sent the boat, and they appreciated it. I mean, it was it turned out great. I thought. Yeah, I, I think to you too. What you did, um, you know, t- Tim did the best work on the back end, which was um, didn't the best work on the back end. That didn't sound good at all. Tim did the best work <laughs> after we got the sponsor. Um, you know, and, and when and when the news crews were coming through, um, getting up at five in the morning to be on the local news is not in uh, Crafty's uh, <laughs> wheelhouse that morning. Because, uh, well, we tend to indulge, hang out a bit in the pits. Um, but you know, he, he did a great job of getting up and being the volunteer to 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 blast this. I've got I've got six feet of cowling on the back here with a big name on it. Let's let's talk about it for a while. Great job the sport that way no it was really neat the way we had in toledo we had the autograph session i mean i it's it's neat getting to see people that are excited about seeing us i mean and we all a lot of us had the autograph cards made up to do that and i mean the the last time i did that was i, I mean i i've only been in f1 for uh, three four years now but uh, the last time i really did something like that was up in uh, saskatoon up in canada and one of my crew guys was standing behind me, and uh, we were doing the autographs. And I'm signing autographs, and this guy walks up and he says, "Hey, I want your autograph." I'm like, "Okay." And I, he's like, "No, no, no, I want his autograph." And he points at my crew guy behind me, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, he's okay." So he starts signing. It. He's like, and he's like, "What? Why do you want my autograph?" He's like, "Cause you're the guy I saw taking a leak on the side of the truck when I drove into town." And up here in Canada, that's a big deal, and you can get arrested, and I really like you, you're my hero. And so my crew guy actually had more, I don't know, he he rated a lot higher than I did that weekend just for having to take a leak when we pulled into town. So, Crafty, <laughs> piggyback on that one, uh, remember the story um, called Seattle? There's some crew guys that wanted to meet us that wanted nothing to do with the drivers. Go. Oh, yeah, that was pretty wild, I got to say. We're sitting there after the races are over with, minding our own, like, putting stuff away, getting ready to leave. Way out in Seattle, it's the Seafair, so it's huge Boeing thing. Planes, you know, all the, anything air or nautical you can think of is involved in that. This dude walks over and goes, hey, man, you got a beer? Of course you got a beer. Turns out it's the Blue Angels. Not in their uniforms, normal, everyday people, just like we are right now. And we hung out with these guys for, what, a couple hours? Yeah. Like, wow, we're drinking beer with the Blue Angels. They're in the trailer just hammering down beers. It's like normal guys. Like, you know, when they're on the show, they're obviously professional. They, they're the Blue Angels. I mean, can you get any higher than that on the food chain when it comes to that stuff? And they're in the trailer with us having a good time. We're giving them stuff. I'm begging, like, come on, man, let me get a ride in that plane. He's like, dude, I should be riding that plane tomorrow, but it's a little bit above my pay grade. They just tell me. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't qualify, but I tried. <laughs> no, nah, I remember. I still, I still got a couple Navy Cancoozies and stuff from those dudes. Uh, they were cool, and uh, we may have lost some nuthouse shirts that day, uh, but it was, uh, it was all worth it. And uh, that was cool. 
No, so I think it comes down to, you know, with, with, with sponsorship, it's just knowing some people, right, and, and talking at the races because everybody wants to see the boats, and it's it's being approachable. Um, you know, Bay City was tough this year for us because they closed the pits off to everybody but us, which is weird because normally, you know, Bay City, you know, you know Spencer, people are, like, wanting to get in the boats. They want to see the boats there. It's a, it's a cool venue. Yeah, no, um, I mean, back when I ran 45, Dobson sponsored me one year, and I got to, they said, hey, can you bring the boat down here and hang out in the VIP tent and, we bring the boat down there and hang out. They loved us. The next year, we come back. They call me up and they say, "Hey, yeah, come out. Like, where are you staying? Oh, we're staying at the Holiday Inn." I show up. I go to pay my bill. The room's paid for. There's a fruit basket in both the rooms that we had. I mean, they they liked us because we reached out and tried to hang out with them and make them a part of what we were doing. And we invited them down in our pits and. One night we even went out to dinner with all of them, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not I'm not, not not knocking a local sponsorship when I say this, but you know when you walk into a race site and you get a sign of local sponsor, you may see them at the drivers party, uh, which is cool to interact with them there. But you know if, if you can create a relationship with somebody outside of that, to where not that I have to put your decal on my boat, but I want to put my, your decal on my boat, and doing that stuff, I think of. You know, driver appearances that, that Jose Jr. and I have done over the years. We've we've showed up parking lots of insurance agencies and and sat there for you know sat there for a couple hours and people went by and honked and stopped in and it was the exposure that we gave them uh, to to show they were support of the races. It's always been in you know crafty last year. We we sat in, we painstakingly sat in front of this brewery for two hours. I mean, we didn't drink anything, no. Uh, no, none. And uh, but but it's, it's that kind of stuff that 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 drives that relationship home when you meet the people that work there and they see what it is. And, and I think too, it's, it's the, it's the welcome treatment in the pits. And that's, you know, we all know who can do that stuff for us. We walk up to Phyllis and Phyllis, um, at the NGK trailer and say, Hey, I got some people coming, make sure you take care of them. And Phyllis will do that for you. She knows what, what churning sponsorship is like. So it's, it's working with folks like that to make sure that people feel welcome in the pits and they can come in and be around the boats and, and kind of get the behind the scenes action that, that they normally don't get. But you know, it's just it's all about taking care of people and and, and obviously getting it is, is round one and then round two is, is the race and round three is the follow up. And I think it's it's a simple um and, and luckily I've dealt with people I've worked with folks in the past, um, you know, like the Mandanas and like Crafty and, and people I've helped out with sponsorship that that have been willing to do that, you know, because the race weekend, you've got your priorities, right? You want to get in, you want to set up, you want to test props, you want to make sure you got your water flow going. Everything is running good. You may have a break in a powerhead. You've got things that you want to do. Um, but at the end of the day, if you can, if you can carve out an hour's time to, to go and sit at a car dealership and, and get honked at for a while, um, that's, that, that's what you got to do. Um, because that's that's what that's what makes that relationship stronger, and uh, and really we've had we've had good luck with that, and, and I'm, I'm thankful to work with guys like, you know, Jose, Carlos, Steve, Crafty, um, that have been able willing to do that kind of stuff and take time out of it. Even even Brian Venton drove a race for us one time, and uh, happy birthday to him today. Uh, my my favorite, well, the uh, fourth favorite Canadian. Um, <laughs> he, he did a good job. <laughs> I got to find him first. You got to find that T-shirt you had. World smallest uh, official. Yes, I was standing there. I think everybody almost peed on themselves when you guys walked around the corner. And he was standing there. <laughs> it was a big head. I had Brian. I had Brian right here on my shirt, and his head was still taller than his actual head in his body. <laughs> <laughs> 
back to that race, um, you're talking about nicer hotels. Elaborate about that the last year we were in Valley Field. Uh, so. <laughs> so, um, we had a good time at the race. Race, uh, you know, we ran, put laps in, um, ran good, and it was Saturday night. And, and so in Valleyfield, especially you've never been to Valleyfield, right? No, sir. So they, they don't speak English unless they want something from you. Uh, and then they speak English very well. Um, so everything is French. Um, French pop stars are playing. We're having a good night. We're just, we, we, we kind of love the rough side drag that night. And um, there's a whole side story about Crafty becoming the pilot of the boot, um, which we're not going to go into. But uh, <laughs> end of the night, we go back to the hotel. And so Valleyfield is a very small town. But during the, the regat, they, how many, 300,000 people come to town, Crafty, would you think? Uh, I, it's insane the amount of people that are there. They have a grandstand. It looks like Daytona around yeah. the race course. It's, it's like nothing you've ever seen. And they all roll up with their coolers and their and their pop-up tents and have a good time. And uh, there's one hotel in the whole town. And we go in there, and we think we have two rooms. We don't. And the 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 front desk clerk, she says, Oh, are you uh, Josu Mendana? And Joe Zoo is Jose Jr. And we finally check into our room, and so we we're, we look like we're homeless people just rolling off like a like a a freight train or a freight car, right? We just happen to stumble off here, so we got backpacks, pillows, we've got air mattresses, we got a damn cot with us, and we're rolling up at the front desk, and we're, she goes one room, so we and one room is luckily for us is one king bed, which is all you know five guys need to sleep in right <laughs> so we set up and i've got my air match in this corner and and junior lands the bed he's got to drive the next morning and carlos is in a cot and crafty's over here sachet between the tv and the bed by some luggage and of course it's it's a cycle because everybody's coming in and out to use a shower because we don't have showers in the pits so we go to bed and everybody's had enough and we go to bed and the next morning, I wake up and I'm like, "Oh, I gotta go." I'm looking this way, and there's no escape that way. I'm looking this way, there's no escape that way, and there's literally like five square feet of space throughout this whole hotel that you can walk on. And the path of least resistance is going just slightly skimming Tim's head, just 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 skim it, I'm gonna skim it. And I've got I've got bat, I've got University of Michigan basketball shorts on, go blue. Um, and I happen to just crawl over Tim in the slightest of ways, and all I hear is this, ah, 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 what, the, ah, what, dude, what? <laughs> Tim Kraft going nuts. You driving my ball, your balls in my face. <laughs> and I was just the guy who was in the most trouble that day because I tried to molest Tim Kraft in the middle of sleep. I had to go to the bathroom, but uh, there's that story, which uh, now is told to everyone, but... Uh, Valleyfield was cool. It was a cool spot. Uh, more hotels would be nice, and maybe not sleeping in the trailer would have been good. But um, a lot of good nights there. Remember, I remember the year before, uh, Crafty didn't care where a toonie was. So loonies and toonies are the ones and two dollars <laughs> up there. We were at this concert. We had full access with everything. We had passes for everything. And uh, we go to this concert, and Craft's buying beers, and they're passing back. You know, the Louis and Toonies, uh, I don't want the change. <laughs> and I was like, hey, 
where do my money go? I'm like, dude, you were passing up. You were throwing four bucks back at people left and right last night at the concert. So, uh, good times. Kraft learned where his money went that that weekend, and it was it was all good. What was it, Tim? What was the best part about registering a boat at that race, though? Oh, two cases per boat. <laughs> two cases <laughs> here per boat. Yeah, they had the strong shit or the strong cords. They had a red pull tab. It was like, I don't, it was French too. So it's like, yeah, this is course, but I don't know what it says. I don't care. It was great. It was free. And nobody drank it. So I had four cases of beer myself. <laughs> so ho- hopefully Senior doesn't get mad for me asking this, but Carlos and then Junior, they're, they're so calm and mellow all the time. And it's hard to get a word out of them. And they're, you know, they're pretty reserved, it seems like. And then, their dad i mean you know i, I don't know is he he's not quite the same way i mean i think the boys take a little more after their mom when it comes to how vocal they um, are about things i think if you met if mama rose and senior were one it's carlos is, is the that's what's what it is that's that's mama rose and and uh and, and senior uh senior senior is 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 probably a second dad to me um i've told him this in real life he's he's one of the guys that tell me a lot about boat racing and stuff um but the dude he, he wears his heart on his sleeve and that's that's who he is and uh um you know there's things that set him off and 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 maybe maybe uh they shouldn't but they do and uh at the end of the day um you know He's got a six foot six, two hundred seventy pound crew guy in his team. He can say what he wants, and and, and I've got his back on a lot of things, everything actually. So, no, he they, they, at the end of the day, they're I love the guys. I wouldn't have been working with them for nine seasons now if I didn't. Junior is one of my best friends. We talk every day. Um, you know, they're they're all good people, and uh, and I, I love I, that. That's probably the one thing I miss right now. Boat racing is I haven't seen those dudes in a long time since since. Uh, where we raced last was it was it um springfield last year probably and uh yeah good dudes uh yeah i remember i, I think all those guys finally you know, i lost my dad in 2016 and and uh it's a lot for two guys to jump on a plane from miami to fly up to pay respects for for eight hours they got they flew there went to the went to the um the 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 home or the, the whatever it's called the funeral parlor sat there the whole day and of course, you got Ginger Javitsky coming in, and Elaine Rico, and different people from basically. So they kind of held core with people, but you know, it says a lot to people and, and who they are in your life when they show up to things like that. And 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 those guys and the tools from Canada went to the passport office to get there. So our team is uh, and Crafty knows you, you're you're still a part of, of of our crew, and you've been with us for a long time. We're pretty close, and it's weird to see a team of uh, three Cubans, two Canadians, three at times. Some big dude from Michigan, uh, all sync up and, and have that loyalty. So, yeah, senior gets crazy sometimes. I've been there before. Crafty's seen me uh, in my finest at, at Seafair. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> hot heads do prevail. So, don't prevail sometimes. Back in the early 2000s, before the boys even started racing, I used to race against senior back in Kankakee. I remember lining up next to him a couple times and. It, before you know, it was right when Torrente was getting out and he was getting in, and they were pretty close. You know, they were kind of helping each other out, and uh, yeah, Senior was—he's always been a fiery guy. He's—I like him, but he's—he's he's fiery, that's for sure. That yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a he's a good dude. He, uh, you know, he there's, there's, there's personalities. It's 
that's one of my one of my questions for you guys. We're gonna talk about this later. Um, but just yeah, just you know those those have had my back forever, and I've had theirs, and and it's just a good a good group. I think every, you guys all have crew people like that that you know that that have been there, and 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 they're your ride or dies, right? And and we have a good time with them, and um, yeah, and, and honestly, senior to a sponsor is a dream because you never seen a guy go. And he puts on his charm, and I, mean, I see him walk, kind of strutting through places. And he's got his, this guy's been down a racing cruiser down. And he's kind of strutting through, and he's a charmer. He's he he does to your point. You know, junior isn't, junior. You got to squeeze him to make him talk sometimes. Like squeeze him. Um, and then Carlos, if you get your ear, we'll talk your ear off. And that that's his that's his thing. He he does a good job with that too. Sponsors love him. But back to sponsorship, senior comes in, and he's he's he opens the red car, pulls all the red carpet for people when they come in the pits, and and he, he's he's one of the first people to to make sure they feel welcome, and, and he does a great job with that, so he's a good guy to have on your side. Definitely a good guy to have on your side. Hey, speaking about the whole mixed crew, I got one more story about going to Valleyfield. It was oh. you and I and all three of them in the dually headed up. We get to the border, and the guy looks at us. <laughs> I have Chicago. I have Michigan. I have three Miami Cubans. And he looks at us like, and we smelled like, oh, we were horrible because we've been cooped up in that truck. We go to the border. Dude's finally like, whatever. Because you guys need food in the truck? No, no, no food. Got any fruit? No, no, no fruit. <laughs> Senior looks over at him. He's like, we got some snacks. He goes, straight face. goes, snacks are food. <laughs> <laughs> and Senior's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was so funny. He's like, oh, yeah, you guys need to pull over there. And they're going <laughs> to, you got to go talk to the border patrol. So from that day forward, um, I drove the truck across the Canadian border every time uh, because of that back and forth. No matter how tired I was, big fella gets in the seat because uh, he'll say up. the right things. Yeah, snacks are food. That should that was a that should be a, a sticker somewhere. <laughs> snacks are food. That's straight face, like monotone. Snacks are food. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Pull over. Go over there. They're gonna talk to you for a while. <laughs> Yeah, and they did. They did. We had to explain our. Yeah, it was always cool going to Valleyfield. We usually did a caravan with uh, Steve and Mike Lee, um, and those are two two great dudes, and love those guys a lot too. And um, yeah, it was it was always fun uh, heading across. The drive there wasn't too much fun, Spencer. I'm sure you understand driving from California to all these East Coast races, but yeah. once you got there, it was it was a lot of fun. The first time we tried going up into Canada to go to Saskatoon, we made it to the border and. Uh... For some odd reason, between me and my dad and my ex-wife's dad, between the three of us, we we all did something that they didn't want to allow us into the Canada. So we turned around, came home, went to a race five hours from the house after we drove all the way up to the border. Next year, we sent somebody else in the car. I flew in, got stuck at the airport, missed three layover flights, and then finally I said, you know what? Screw this. If you guys want to send me home, send me home. If you, if I don't get on this next flight, I'm not going to make testing. And if I don't make testing, I don't care about going. So figure it out and let us know. Well, I don't think it had anything to do with me. I think it got lucky. But we ended up getting in there. I ended up getting a test. I ended up winning the race. And then we flew home. Another year, we drove in. They screwed with us a little bit, and we got in. You just you never know what kind of can of worms you're going to get when you try and go into Canada. Especially if you've maybe had a some kind of DUI or something like that. So. 
Uh, things happen. How, how was Saskatoon? It's always one of the races I've only seen videos of and I've never experienced. Was that a pretty cool spot? I know we were talking about going back there a couple years ago. What, what was that place like? Once we got out of the airport and we got to the actual race, the people were great. It was it was a lot of fun. We loved it. And, it, I mean, it, I couldn't ask for a better race. But just getting through the border, it sucks. You know, It's a crapshoot for a lot of us because most of us yeah. from the United States, I mean, I guess at least 50% of the boat racers have probably had a DUI in their lifetime. So my dad had one, which he's not going to be mad I'm not gonna be happy. I brought it up on here because he'll probably listen to this. But he had one, I think, when he was probably 19 or 20, and my dad's 67 now. And I mean, he, 10 years ago when we tried going through there, you know, he's 55, and they still had a record of it, and they still harassed him because he had a DUI back when he was 18 or 19 or I don't know. So it's, yeah, they don't have to let you into that country if they don't want to. No. So it's not as easy as Mexico. Nope. That one's not fun either. Let me be the first to tell you. Yeah, yeah. You guys did that a couple of years back. I mean, I, I've never been more glad I was never on a trip, but I'm also kind of regretting never being on there because I see you guys in the middle of, was it May, drinking in a snowstorm? Um, or was it, a, was it a fall race there? That that yeah, seems like a, a, that seems like a party I missed that I don't didn't want to be a part of. But there's a little sliver of me that said it'd been kind of cool to experience. That was a trip where lifetime friendships were made, relationships were destroyed, and I don't know. We all had a lot of fun. So it was. There's no. <laughs> it's. It had to have been there. To. I mean, we can all talk about it, but the the ten people that were there, and ten people that I actually personally know now that got caught in a Mexican desert in a freaking snowstorm. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of people can say that, but it was a, it was a journey to say the least. That wasn't a snowstorm. That was a, that was a blizzard, man. You guys got shut down. Well, the second day into the trip, my dad booked two different plane flights. He's like, if we get to Laredo, I'm flying out when we get there. We're in Manzanillo or I think, we're, no, we weren't in Manzanillo. Monterey. We're in Monterey. He found another like, airport. He's like, I got another flight out of there. So he had two different flights. I'm like, man, my dad's going to screw me. He's got flights booked on my credit card and. We get home, and I didn't ask him about it, and he's like, hey, I canceled the flights. I only used the one flight, and, you know, I'm like, okay, thank thank goodness. My, you know, I know my dad's pretty good when it comes to that stuff, but I figured he was mad enough at me where I was going to get stuck paying for, like, two or three plane tickets home. So I, I didn't blame him for leaving. It was a it was a rough trip. It was definitely, uh, I don't know, a pre-kid trip. Like, if you didn't have any kids, and it, it was one of those kind of trips, like, because – the guys with the guns on the side of the road and sleeping yeah. in the trucks and I don't know everybody looking at your stuff when you pulled over on the side of the road and we're you know we're worried about people stealing our breaking into our cars and throwing us out and stealing our stuff I mean it was I don't know it wasn't, we, wasn't we all know trip. how hard to get a power head off uh, it's not there's only eight bolts and some wire snips and you're you're free and clear so uh the powerhead was the last thing I was worried about. They were looking at everything when they were walking by. It was like uh, it was like there's a gold plated something sitting at a restaurant. Yeah. And meanwhile, Spencer, your better half's down there drinking cocktails with the officials hanging out, right? Yeah, that was pre us. Well, cur- current better half. I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, she was down there. There's a couple other people that were down there 
that were supposed to be crewing for me. Rick Hoffman and Troy Nelson were down there, and they're yep. hanging out fishing, and they're actually hanging out with Monica. And uh, yeah, we're all suffering on the side of the road. And then I don't know. I I got there. They say, "Oh, go back to the hotel, get showered, and get fr- get refreshed, and come back, and we're gonna race your qualifiers and your final, and do everything all in one day." Get back to the hotel. Okay, well. There's a ball of tequila there, a little bottle. Okay, I guess I'll do a couple shots. Okay, I, I guess I'll have a glass of wine. Okay, I'm ready to go race. <laughs> so that's... It's Mexico. It was Mexico. So yeah, I wouldn't Mexico do that at any other race, but... Yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of the ones I I I, I look back and I go, man, that was the, that's be some cool stories come out of that, and then of course you have to be there for it, so yeah, and then um, we end up getting second in the race, and some little kid comes up with a empty bottle of champagne and has me autograph it, and I was like, I go back to get my bottle of champagne, I'm like that little fricker stole my bottle of champagne and dumped it out because it was empty when I got it to sign. And I still had like three quarters of a ball of champagne to, you know, that I got for a trophy. So Spencer, I'm gonna give you some sponsorship tips. You gotta find out who that kid's dad is and say, "Hey, man, you like racing? You should sponsor our boat next time I come down here." There you go, and you're done. You're off and running. Yeah, it was fun. So, so. You, you, are you boys ready for my speed round? Because I think we're about the time we should probably hit that, eh? Yeah, we're about yeah, forty go. minutes in right now, so. Because nobody wants to hear a crew guy and talk the whole time. This is this this is the show for you guys. So I have my list of questions, Scott. and I'm well, like you said, you're six what? Six 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 two six. Seven. So we gotta listen to you because you're six six. Well, it's like Facebook. Everybody can be a, a tough guy uh, via a webcam, and I'm not gonna be that tough guy via the webcam. So well, you don't look uh, that big on the web webcam. So no, no, I, I, I'm, I'll I'll stay seated though. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, Bucky's. There you go. Um, so, so I'm going to clarify a couple things before I talk to you guys. So, there's no, there's nobody from a series in, in this thing. We're all just, just you're two drivers. I'm a crew guy. Uh, don't worry about hurting serious feelings. There's some questions that are straightforward. Nothing tricky. And remember, a course is where you guys race your boats on. That's where I don't go. Right? You're on the course. A course is a is a, is a, is a track. A site is a venue, the whole city, the experience, okay? So we're going to ask some of these things here first. So um, first question is for Spencer. Did, did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Yes. Tim? Of course. Okay. No, actually she right. didn't kill her. Kill him. The tiger did. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there's that. So so I, I'll answer as well. My answer is, is, is yes, she, she had something to do with killing her husband, so... Nice. Nice. So now we're going to talk about courses. Um, Crafty, what's your favorite course to race on? I'm going to be biased. Kankakee. Spencer. I thought, Nash- I thought Tim was going to say Nashville. Hey, no. come on now. That's, That's the next rough. question. You answer your question, love. Favorite course in which kind of boat? Any boat. Bay City is my favorite course in an F1 boat. In a 45, I hated it. Um, a little lumpy. A little lumpy, yeah. The boat's a little too short, so I'd I'd say Bay City. There's a lot. There's 
good history there, and that's a meaningful one to come home with. Since I'm not a driver, I will not answer what my favorite course is. Um, I can tell you what I hate, but I won't go there. Um, so hardest hardest course is going to go to Spencer, and, and, and not rock hardest course, Crafty, but hardest course. Um, Spencer, hardest course, what is it? Um, well, hardest course for me, I mean, I the last two years I haven't finished at Springfield, so I'd have to go Springfield. I mean, whether it's my fault or not, I haven't finished there the last two years, so. We're not going there. Um, Crafty, <laughs> hardest course to run at. Hardest one to uh, run so, at? So, hard, hardest course to run at, and why is the answer Nashville? <laughs> I only ran a little bit there. I ran all the uh, qualifiers, but never a final. But yeah, that one sucked. I mean, the course was great. It was you when know, you shit happens. It's about racing. But I'd have to say Pittsburgh. Oh, by the time that thing's over with, you're seeing eighteen turn pens going into that checkered flag. It, you beat your head so much off the side of that capsule. Yeah, but so yeah, that, at the same time, it'll, it'll be better will, next time you go there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Hopefully it happens this year. And <laughs> Last year was great. Last year, I'll tell you about Pittsburgh. I, I booked work travel. So I was actually, I had a meeting at a big real estate office on Friday there. I'm like, I'm just going to go here, stay the weekend. And I went there and drove back home. It was cool. We, we so. had four different UPS shipment, shipments going in there to Pittsburgh. And two to three. Two or three of them we had switched out, went to my house, and then the next one or two we had switched out and went to Springfield, Ohio. And then we went to Springfield. UPS still hadn't made it. So I still have stuff sitting in, in Springfield, Ohio to pick up when we go back there this year. It was, you know, like two-stroke oil, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. The important stuff we had shipped back to the house and we threw on the airplane and brought in the bags with us. But, yeah, that was... That was a tough weekend because we were canceling hotel rooms, UPS shipments. I mean, when when we're coming from California, we're shipping stuff. Every race, there's some kind of shipment going to the hotel, whether it's a prop, yeah. race oil. I mean, it's I don't, it, it's like ballet. It's kind of like ballet. Yeah, very similar with all the yeah. plies and tutus, so it's good. Now Pittsburgh is a cool site too. With remember, remember Bettis's bar with the uh, the urinals are up against the one way window. Yeah, you walk in, and everybody <laughs> just looking at you, but they can't see. Yeah, the bartenders are mixing drinks. And you're there sitting there. Hi, I mean it's, the water's cold. It's fine. Um, don't worry about it. So um, Spencer, In and Out, Five Guys, or Whataburger? In and Out. What, what if you're in Texas? Still in and out? I don't know what the, they don't have in and out. Yeah, yeah. they do. They have they have Whataburger there, and that's that's my favorite. Uh, animal style or not? Animal style, no tomato. Really, really? Okay, good. Crafty, does ketchup belong on a hot tub on a hot dog? <laughs> not in a hot tub. That's some no. weird shit. I mean, I ain't mad at it. I don't care what the rule says. Does it belong on ketchup? a hot dog or not? Yeah, and a brat. All right, I disagree with you there uh, as well. Um, so so far we're we're all in non-agreeance. Uh, so I'll ask the non-Chicago guys: Spencer, thin crust or deep dish? 
from where? What pizza place? I, I don't know what you eat out there. Oh, man. Pizza Hut out in California. <laughs> Little Caesars. <laughs> I, like, I, I like regular crust. Cause it's, in okay. between, it's in between the two. I think and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even asking you, Crafty. I know what you like. So, But I did uh. go to a pizza joint in Chicago, and I got the Chicago experience with the deep dish, and I liked it. Did you take him there, Crafty? No, he's never been to that one that you came to. to I think we need to mention it by name. It's the Chicago Pizza Oven Grinder Company, which is the uh, most amazing pizza I've ever had in my life. It's not pizza. It's something whole different from pizza, but it's good. I can't talk about my Chicago pizza experience. (laughs) You won't ask it, then. Uh, (laughs) I'll leave that blank. Tim, why, why number 14? 15. 15? Yeah, why 15? Um, well, <laughs> long story. My bike number was 159 because of the kids' birthdays. But uh, you don't have a two-digit number in a boat, so it's turned into 15. Sorry, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alchema still runs the old, uh, the old full, full-digit number there. You can do it. You're in 90, 91, any? It's one ninety one. Yeah, yeah. That Jadigan's number though, I thought. But yeah, and Max Toller. Yeah, I mean, whatever. (laughs) I got fifteen, and it's my extra number now. Any, any, any number, any reason behind the twenty four, Spencer? Um, when I started racing when I was thirteen, that's the number I got when I started racing, and my OPC number I think is two forty. And we're only supposed to run two digits, so I don't know. I stuck with it. There you go. Always like Jeff Gordon. So. <laughs> Flamer. I mean, what? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there's yeah, five look, look twenty guy. right there. Look at my crew guy. I mean. <laughs> um, favorite Spencer favorite stick and ball team. Kings. Crafty. Hawks. Yeah. I'm just going to plead the fifth on this one because mine aren't playing worth a broke you-know-what right now. Yeah, mine are. Um, if you had a chance to race anything else, what would it be, Crafty? Back to motocross. But I'm old. My body won't deal with it, but definitely back to motocross. You wouldn't make the first triple, buddy. Hey, I go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> Spencer? Shopping carts, yeah, a boy. <laughs> what? So I, 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 I've thought this through, and I, and this is, takes some time, but I'm going to give you guys the 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 fast pass. So you got to think about this and, and think quickly. But I know what mine is because I, I thought of this question today at work, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask these boys this because I'm sure it's something nuts. And and I'm not going to say I'm going to say you guys need to tell me the wildest or funniest thing you've seen in a race course. It can be either one. Uh, mine's the funniest. So, uh, Spencer, you're on the hot seat. What is the wildest or funniest thing you've seen at a race site off the track? I say or funniest heavily because the wildest pride is not worth repeating on this podcast. <laughs> I was at a race where there was uh, drag queens at the hotel 
and they lured somebody out one night. And Do not name names. That particular <laughs> person had their boat in the parking lot because we made contact in the race while I believe I was lapping them, but that might that was a long time ago, so my memory might be a little off, but I'm pretty sure I was lapping them. So I was a little bit upset that we made contact when I was lapping them because I was trying to go to the buoy and I was running uh, at least in the top five and maybe in the top three. And so I was a little bit upset and a little bit hurt that he went from lane 10 into lane one. We made contact. Good move, by the way. So we saw his boat in the pool. I mean, we saw his boat in the parking lot and there's a six foot high wrought iron fence and it ended up in the pool that night and we put it in the I pool. know I know whose boat that is and I know where it was at and then <laughs> there's a hole in the boat which we didn't really think about and the drain plugs were missing which we didn't really think about so we put uh. the boat in the pool it starts sinking and I oh shit hey throw me the chairs throw me the chairs so we start putting chairs underneath the boat and I'm in the pool and you know we didn't want the thing to sink and we were trying to be respectful and get four chairs, put them underneath the boat. Okay, well, it's only sunk by, you know, to the top of the sponsons. It's full of water by about six or eight inches. And next morning, you know, I'm in bed, and my crew guy's in another bed, and my brother's in there, my dad's in there. My dad stands up in his boxers, opens the blinds, looks out the window on the fourth, fourth story, looks out the pool. Holy shit! There's a boat in the fucking pool! <laughs> and there's like 10, 20 people trying to lift this thing out. And I think there's only about five of us that put it in the pool, but I honestly couldn't tell you who helped me besides Tony Strocky. And you shouldn't tell anybody that helps you. Because that's, that's okay. I, I'm pretty sure we might have been had a few drinks before we did it. But. You guys are probably just high. You're high on life, Spencer. And we did That's that, and then we went back in the bar, and we bumped into him and talked to him for a while, and like, yeah, you shouldn't have been talking to the drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> so, Crafty, you had a lot of time to think about the, what you see in a race, because um, that was a good story, and I've heard that one before a couple times through a few different people. Um, what you got with the wildest or funniest thing you've seen in a boat race off course? I would have to say wildest. Again, no names are getting mentioned in this. It was a long time ago, and definitely no names are been. Someone may have launched a maid cart through a third-story balcony window. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Somebody yeah. may have went to jail. I don't know. You know. <laughs> I'm gonna cra- I'm gonna scratch that one off now. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you mine. The f- I'm gonna say I'm, I'm not going for a while. So I'm going for funniest. But it was Orange, Texas, probably. Man, I had, I, time slips away, but it happened five years ago for me. But we're sitting in the pits drinking beer after the race. It's probably 10 o'clock at night, and all you hear is four bald tires <laughs> coming into the park. And this old lady, she's had enough with her, her old man. He's drinking all the time. He's not doing it. She's driving this Ford Explorer, 1994 edition, into the drink. She's going in. <laughs> Do you remember this craft? <laughs> Yeah. Last minute, she hits the brakes, <laughs> and all she gets is the front tires over the edge of the seawall. <laughs> and there it sat for the cops to come and arrest everybody. And 
and tow it out. And I, I thought, oh my God, this this is Orange, Texas. This is what happens down here. But she was she was hell bent on taking care of that fellow that night, and she just didn't have the guts to to finish him off. So, um, that's a, that was that was a good question. I think I, we should ask that more often. <laughs> um, right. Michelle remembers that one too. She's over here cracking up about that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were all sitting there minding our own business, drinking white Russians with Phyllis, and and, and Bud had the little uh, the 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 uh, uh, margarita maker. Yeah, it was it was good. And yeah, then she came in hell bent to put her boy in the drink, and that wasn't happening. So, um, this is a good question. I think this is a good one. So, other than your crew guys, um, Spencer, it's for you. I'm gonna go with you first again. Sorry. Who are you most excited to see at a race course? Uh, who, who's the face you want to see pop into your into your pit? Um, honestly, lately when we go to a race, we're a little bit antisocial because we don't get a lot of time to test, and usually we want everybody to get out of our pit. So this is a tough question to answer. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. Who am I most excited to see? It, what time of day? Like when we show up or in the evening or? Anytime between like midnight and like 11.59 p.m. <laughs> Probably Wesley Cheatham. All right. Crafty? This is, this is past, present, or future. Like it's not like it's somebody has to be here today. I'd have to say... Uh... Dave and Chris, Jonigan and Hughes. Yep. I love to see those guys at the races and miss some guys being there. I hope they yeah. come back soon enough. Aside, aside they from my, drove me back into this. <laughs> so I blame this yeah. on them. And they bailed. Like someone, I'm going to start an ammo company. D&D yeah. Ammunition, by the way, is the one you want to go to. Um, no, but uh, hey. I, I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you with John, with, with, with DJ and, and Hughes. Um Good dudes. Uh, other than my crew, cause, like seeing Scotty and Tim always makes my day, and obviously the Madonna's made my day. But um, mine's always mine's always the Beaver Brian Venton. I like I like seeing that little guy in the pits, and he always brings a smile to my face, and uh, always happy to see him because you know take the tallest guy in the pits and the smallest guy in the pits, put them together, and you got you got a good a good operation there. So um, happy birthday again, Brian, for that one. So yes, Venton, um, like old as hell. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's in his. I think he just got his ARP card today, which is good for him. I don't think they have that in Canada. Eh? I wish him all the best in his pole dancing endeavors. Yeah. No, it's it's the you're wrong, Crafty. It's the A A R P in Canada. The E A T H R P. All right. Um, favorite race site. Crafty site, not course site. What's the what's the best one you've been to, ever? Man, there's so many of them. Valley Field. <laughs> the hands down, you can't even come close to that one. Spencer, I can't say Parker because it's been a rough race course for me, but. Uh... Not a course. No courses. The, the courses are done. This is a site. What's your favorite site? site? Yeah, no, it's, that's been a tough site for me. Um, I'd say Long Beach. Nice. And I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll tell you, it's, 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 it's an obvious answer for me. 
being a kid from Bay City, grew up around my whole life, I'm going to agree with Crafty 100% and say Valley Field is the best place to ever go <laughs> for a boat race. That Valley Field was the best site. We had so much fun there. Uh, I love Valley Field. I, I really wish we could go back there again. And yeah, it was it was great times. So yeah, that's the next level of fun. It's like some of it might have been illegal, but we're in Canada, so it's whatever. <laughs> it, it's legal now. It, I think I think that stuff comes back across the states as international crime, though. So we want to be careful with that. Yeah, I don't know what um, uh, back to Spencer. Who is the hardest guy to pass ever? Tim's one of the hardest guys to pass last year in the beginning of the year. Um, towards the end of the year, he improved what he was doing, and he was running considerably better after he tested at uh, Springfield and worked on his stuff. I mean, I was I was impressed with what he did with that boat and how much he improved last year. And I think this year... With his new boat, he's going to improve that much more. But uh, there was a point last year where he was one of the hardest guys to pass, and I'd cuss him when I'd get close to him. And then, no, I'm, I, I was impressed with him, though. But, yeah, last year he was he, – at a certain point in the year, he was one of the hardest guys to pass. Yeah, I remember being, being in Tim's ear, and maybe I was talking too much. And this is maybe our question, but – I got so excited at Bay City, and, and Gavin was going to cover turn one and two, and I was covering three and four for him, and I covered the whole damn race course. I'm just screaming, you know, you're strolling, you're strolling, get up, get up, pop, 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 you know, and he, he ran good, yeah. So, so Tim, other than so yourself is one answer. You can see you're the toughest guy to pass, uh, or you can name another driver on the race course. Who's the toughest guy for you to pass? Who's who is in your, in your hair? Shit, last year with that boat, <laughs> I said anybody was tough, but you know. <laughs> Once we did get a little stuff figured out, man. No, I, I noticed the most improvement with you last year. Once you guys went testing and worked on props and stuff, like you you made a huge improvement when you guys worked on your stuff. Yeah, that was like a, a dream come true for me. Like when DeWalt helped me out in Fairchild, I was like, it was night and day difference. And then, I don't know, like, just pass anyone. I, I can't name a certain person. Just once you got the confidence, and then you're like, okay, this boat is maxed out to what I can do with it. Now we got this one, and we'll uh, hopefully find out real soon who's the hardest guy to pass. I just hope I want to see everybody in my mirrors, honestly. That's yeah. my... Ashton that's, was the hardest one to pass because none of us passed him. So. Yeah, touche. This yeah, year, this year that's going to change somehow. He earned it. You know, he, he did it. He won every single race. So I'll, I'll, I'll comment on this and say, uh, as a spotter and a guy who's trying to get boats around people, I'll go, I'm going to go back to 45. Don Wilson is uh, is a son of a gun when it comes to trying to get around that guy. I don't care if he's two laps down or where he's at. Getting around Don Wilson is impossible um, on the 45 course. He will run you all over the track before you finally – Make him make a mistake or get a, get a, get a deck on him to, to get around him. So that's one that I always say is tough. So um, so I want to go back to this now because we kind of talked about it for a second. And I, I was yelling at Crafty at Toledo and in, in uh, Bay City this year. Um, Crafty, do you want a spotter to be or a radio guy to be loud in your ear or just kind of be quiet and tell you the basics? Kind of 50-50, honestly. It's like sometimes, yeah, you want to know everything. 
And other times, just like, shut the hell up. But then, in the flip side, once you get out, you're like, okay, that was educational. You know, not educational, but informal. How's that? Like, all right. Informative, yeah. yeah. Without the voice in my ear. You got mirrors, but if you ever driven one of these things, those mirrors just show you an object. It doesn't show you distance. It doesn't show you who. It doesn't, you know, it's like, it's not like looking into an HD screen. Put it that way. Yeah, copy. Spencer, how about you, man? You want a guy to be, uh, so would you want a man to be vocal with you or just let you do your thing? <laughs> man. It, honestly, like, it depends. If I've if I've good stuff behind me and I'm slacking, and I'm getting yelled at, it's it's a positive thing. There's there's times where oh, there's an accident the heat before, like Travis, like we talked about, and it messes through your head a little bit, and you just you need the heat to get through it because you're just not there. I mean, I've I've had a couple bad accidents and got helicoptered out once, got drug out in the ambulance another time and it uh, I don't know my spotter does a good job I can't ever complain if he yells at me too much I don't have anything bad to say about it he's always he's done a really good job every time and he pushes me and holds me responsible but yeah there's there's times where no matter what somebody says you're not going to listen to him because you're just your head's not there your head's messed up or you're in another place and then the, you know there's times where they push you and you listen. You go back and look at the data on your uh, aim system. And mine, I have a, th- a throttle thing that tells me how much percentage of throttle I use around the whole race course. So I've had Brendan tell me, you're driving like a pussy. You need to keep your foot in it. You need to do this and that for the next time. Okay. Yeah, you did a good job keeping your foot in it. So if you need to... If you need to let off a little bit here and there to get around the course and, you know, feel things, that's that's okay. But, I mean, there's all these things on these boats that if you hook them up, they will tell somebody else that you're not doing enough. And it's good because it holds you accountable. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know what it's like to have a driver and listen to you. Uh, the junior, <laughs> stay, the hell, stay out of the chop. Stay out of the chop, junior. And he'll he'll watch this, I'm sure, and cuss me out for saying that. But he likes to go into the dirty water, and I don't like him to go there. But um, do you speak that's that. So they mind of their own, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so last last speed round question, which took us we're we're past the hour mark, I think now. So um, it's all know, right, we're hour we go, six. We we go racing this year. Crafty, who wins in 2020? Who's the champion this year? I ain't gonna lie, I didn't set myself up to where I am to not at least attempt it. I'm not gonna say who. I'm going for it. You know, I didn't get myself in this position to go back to tenth. That shit's over with. It's time to go. At a boy. I like that attitude. <clears throat> so Spencer, you're gonna come in second? Is that your answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything I've seen this year, there's only four people racing. And me and Tim aren't one of them. So, I mean, it, we're, I think we're going to fight for the top five because there's only three or four other people that are going to be racing this year, from what I've seen, that are going to be racing for the top position. So, I, I, me and Tim will fight for the top five. 
I'm, the question lying. Was, I'm lying to you. I'm going for the first. But the we question went, who wins the championship in 2020? He didn't answer that. There's not going to be a champion this year because there's probably going to be one or two races. So there's going to be one or two people that win a race. And I think that uh, there's a lot of new stuff out there this year. And I think that the person that's gonna that was one in is gonna still run good, you know. Nothing against obviously Ashton. I think he'll still do good, but I think there's some people that are gonna surprise him, and he's gonna have a little bit tougher time this year. Whether it's me, Tim, I don't know, five other people that I can think of that I'm not gonna name off because everybody else has talked about them. So I don't know. It's it'll 2021 is gonna be a better year this year. I don't know if you can come out of the turn, the first turn, and have your boat in one piece and hmm. bring your boat back at the end of the day. You did something really good if you were on the top five or top ten, I think. So this is going to be a tough year because everybody's nice. going to be ready to go and just tear a bunch of stuff up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Spencer made a really good point. You can't win a race if you don't finish a race. To finish first, you must first finish. Exactly. Um, that's my questions, guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, you like being interviewed by uh, by the crew guy Kevin here today and my, on his new segment um, on F One BS podcast. But uh, no, this was cool, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. It was really cool to to be a part of this. I think you guys got a really cool thing going on. I said cool seven times now in the past five minutes. Um, but the abbreviation f1bs that's the third person i've heard that from that i, well, didn't, you can, I didn't realize you can, that's what it was when we came up with the name but that's we did but it fits I'm glad it but fits. i think it's cool i think it's i think it like when crafty first threw this at me and said hey let's do this um this is like when you crack a beer after the end of, at the end of a long day and i felt like this is what it was like tonight it was it was cool just to shoot the breeze with you guys and uh i'm sure you were like hey let's do this <laughs> hey, I'm Tim Craft. I want to drink drink something. Damn straight. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off here, boys, and hopefully you guys can follow suit. Spencer's yeah. eating his uh, tater tots over there. <laughs> Peanut butter pretzel bites. Ooh, delicious! Sponsor that we're still digging into. Oh, and Screwball. Colin's gonna be impressed. I've got a uh, Lucas Oil Speedway shot glass, which is one of the coolest venues. That's probably that was that was a cool place to be because I've never been to a racetrack with a or a boat race with a catch fence. Um, uh, Valleyfield, you know, Valley, yeah, Valleyfield had it too, yeah. But uh, that was one of the cool ones that was a one time here. So, hey boys, thanks for having me on. Salute. Cheers. Thank you, sir. Till next time. Real quick, I want to tell. Um, we'll see everybody. Um, Tuesday. Tuesday. We've got a next one coming up. <laughs> Till then, we will see everyone on Tuesday. Oh.